Hey, good morning. So glad you're here joining us. When you hear that message in that song, Jesus Paid It All, He washed my sins away. It's like, yes, I want to follow the Lord. I'm excited about following the Lord. If He loves me like that, He is worth following. And and today, I suspect some of you that are listening online may be in a position where you're like, hey, I need some help on what it looks like to follow the Lord. I I want to today make the decision to follow the Lord. And, And I just want to encourage you today that if you need help, in following the Lord, if, if today's the day you want to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, we want to come alongside you. And you can just email us. You can see that email address there on your screen. We want to come alongside and help you. And so through the service today, if you need help, just respond through that email. You can even do a thumbs up on Facebook Live and we'll follow up with you. We want to help you follow Christ. And so as the Lord works in your life, if you need help, just reach out to us. We're going to be really excited to come alongside you and help you. You know, one of the things that's really cool about our family celebrating Christmas is we, we make our way to Lindley's parents' house. And when we arrive at their house and we walk through the door, immediately on the right, you can see the dining room table. And I look over at that table and I see a table that is set to the hilt. I mean, it's got decorations, nice plates, colorful things going on, celebrating Christmas. And I see that table set. I know that a feast is coming. Now, this is Sermon 2 in our short series, Ready, Set, Go. And today what we want to do is encourage you in setting the table for your family so that your family might feast on the things of the Lord and flourish spiritually. I just want to encourage you today about setting the table for your family to flourish spiritually. Now, the reason that that's so important for us is because we believe that every family in the church that's flourishing spiritually contributes to the church family being ready, a ready bride, ready, set, go. We want the church family to be ready, and so we care about individual families being set to feast on the things of the Lord so they flourish spiritually. Because when families are flourishing, the bride of Christ is ready, ready in the sense that they are prepared for action, ready as a church family to act when an opportunity comes. Opportunity to give is presented, an opportunity to serve, an opportunity to love, an opportunity to witness. A ready bride is ready and prepared for action. I think it's been so incredible as we have seen our church family to respond with action when opportunities have presented themselves during these circumstances. That mask brigade, I think we've, we've got like 2,000 masks made or something like that. It's just incredible to see people respond. Ready bride is prepared for action. A ready bride is also a bride that's doing what's expected. You know, if you're working and your boss is not around, working from home environment, anybody in that situation, and and, and your boss shows up, if he were or she were to show up, you'd want to be found doing what's expected of you. As a ready bride, we want to do what's expected of us as followers of Christ. We also want to be ready in the sense that we're waiting for someone who's maybe not quite ready. And Jesus Christ says he's coming back someday. And we want to be ready for his return so that when he's ready to return, we're ready for him to return. And when families in the local church flourish, the bride of Christ is ready. And I want to talk to you today about the key relationships in the family. 
I want to talk about the marriage relationship, and I want to talk about the parenting relationships, parents and kids. I want to, I want to just to discuss the family. When, when you have an opportunity to be out in nature and you're checking out things, you're maybe going on a hike, getting out there, doing some, some fun stuff outside. If you come upon a boulder, a big rock, and you want to get that rock moving, that, if that first initial push on that rock to get it moving is your biggest expenditure of effort. But once that rock starts moving, if you'll just keep applying some pressure, not quite as much as you had to apply to get it moving, if you keep applying pressure and you sustain that pressure, you can keep that rock moving. Once that rock is moving, it's not as hard to move. If if that rock comes up against a bump on the path and it comes to a stop, it can kind of be discouraging because you know you got to put in extra effort to get it moving again. When you think about the family, your family, my family, we think about it as the, the big rock. And we want to get the big rock of the family moving in the right direction. And we want to keep it moving in the right direction. If your family was moving in the right direction before all this stuff happened and this has created this big bump in the road and you kind of stopped moving in the right direction, it can be hard to get it moving again. And so today I just want to encourage you, set the table, get the rock moving in the right direction. Let's keep it moving in the right direction. Let's look together at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, we're going to read in verse 18. Let's read this together, verse 18. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. At verse 18, the command starts with you, wives, to submit to your husbands. Now, I just want to encourage you that that submission is an attitude of displaying love to your husband in such a way that your attitude demonstrates to your husband the person of Jesus Christ who loves you. It's an attitude through which you show your husband Jesus Christ in all that you do. It's an attitude that the scripture encourages you to do that's fitting in the Lord, which means that you're not showing this attitude to your husband because your husband deserves it. No, you're, you're showing this attitude towards your husband because the Lord loves you. And in the way the Lord loves you, you are extending love to your husband. Now, the, the topic of submission is one that, that I would like to take the easy way out on. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have some special guests later in the service. And uh, we're going to have a couple of ladies come and speak to this issue through a little Q&A time with K&K at the end and our special guest. So I'm definitely taking the easy way out on this one. And uh, I think we'll get back into that and some, some topics on mothering, being the mom. I think it will be really encouraging to you. Hey, the next, the next verse is verse 19. It's, it's talking to you dads. Husbands, to you husbands. Husbands, love your wives and don't be bitter toward them. This is a command to us men that we should love our wives like Christ loves the church. And so Christ was sacrificial in his love for the church. And so we should be sacrificial in our love for our wives. This is a love that demonstrates a concern and a care for our wife's flourishing, her well-being spiritually. And we know that it's going to come at our expense and we're ready to pay that price to make the sacrifice so that she might flourish and become all that Christ intends her to be. And again, this is not a love you're displaying to your wife because she deserves it necessarily or because she's earned it or she's done all the right things. No, this is a love you're demonstrating to your wife because of how Christ has loved you. And you're not to demonstrate your actions towards your wife in harshness. I think that one of the greatest detriments to displaying the love of Christ 
in marriage from husband to wife is when a husband is harsh. If, if you have a, a pattern of harshness with your wife, I want to encourage you. If you need help with that, man, we would love to help you. We, we'd love to encourage you with that because we want every path cleared for a love for your wife that demonstrates the love of Christ. And harshness is a terrible detriment to that display of love. And if you're struggling with that, you're not alone. A lot of guys, myself included, we've struggled with those things in the past. And we want to get that rock moving in the right direction and keep it moving in the right direction. So if you need help with that, man, reach out. We want to be men who love our wives with the love of Christ. Let's look at the next verse. It starts the section dealing with parenting. Uh, Verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. So in the parenting relationship, kids, I want to start with you. And uh, kids, I, I, I hope that you're hearing what I'm saying when I say that the Word of God says for you to obey the Lord. Obey means you are to listen to your parents and follow them as your obedience to the Lord. So when you're going to think about obeying the Lord, you've got to first think about obeying your parents. If you want your relationship to be right with the Lord, it needs to be right with your parents. You can't be right with the Lord if you're not right with your parents. Not the way the Lord wants you to be. So he wants you to obey your parents. He wants you to listen to them, follow their instruction, and do it with gratitude. A heart that's full of joy and thankfulness for your parents' authority over you. See, God has given you the gift of of authority over you, kind of like an umbrella in the rain. You pull out the umbrella and you, you, you put it up to keep yourself from getting drenched in the rain in the same way God has given your parents to be an authority over you. Because this world is a world that's going to bring some storms into your life. And one of the ways to protect you as you walk through the storms is God's authority. And one of His blessings, His gifts of authority over you are your parents. And you stay under that umbrella of their protection and their love for you through obedience. To listen to what they say and to obey them. This is fitting in the Lord. This is what the Lord wants for you kids, to obey your parents. Now I I understand that some of you may not have Christian parents. Maybe your parents aren't walking with Christ like they'd want to. And I just want to encourage you that obeying your parents does not require your parents being perfect in their walk with God. All parents breathe a sigh of relief. Uh, We don't have to be perfect, but kids, here's the thing. Living under the authority the Lord has put over you in your parents is a blessing. And God wants you to follow your parents. Not into any kind of sin or ungodliness. No, not, not that way. He wants you to follow your parents in the destruction they're giving you so that your life flourishes, so that you become who God wants you to be. Kids, the Lord wants you to obey your parents. There's a funny little story that I'd like to tell you about a guy who was a captain of a big ship and he's sailing in dark waters out in the middle of the ocean and he's sailing along there and he sees a light in the distance. And he radios out to that light. He says, hey, adjust your course 10 degrees to the south. He gets a radio response from that light in the distance. says, adjust your course 10 degrees to the north. Well, the captain of the ship's like, hey, what, what is that person thinking? He, 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 te- he uh, sends back a message and says, you need to adjust your course 10 degrees to the south. I'm the captain of a battleship. And not long after that, he gets a message back. He says, you need to adjust your 
your, your direction 10 degrees to the north because I'm a lighthouse. I mean, if the captain doesn't adjust his direction, he's going to run onto land. And Kids, I want you to know that sometimes you probably feel like you are the captain of your own life. But your parents will always be your lighthouse. Obey your parents. That's what the Lord wants. All right, let's look at verse 21. Verse 21 in Colossians chapter 3 says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they won't become discouraged. Fathers, don't exasperate your children. Now, we can apply this principle of fathers to moms and dads. Moms and dads are critical in their partnership and parenting. And I, I know you ladies, as, as moms out there, you'll apply these principles um, to your life as, as I walk through this. But I want to address the dads, just like the text does, and give an encouragement to you guys. And, and frankly, if, if, if dads will engage fully in the parenting responsibility alongside his wife and pursue godliness, it will increase and, and bless uh, the mom's efforts in loving her kids. And so, so dads, I, I want you to be thinking about how do you not exasperate your kids? How do you not drive them to bitterness in the way that you're, you're parenting, the way that you're leading the way in the home? How can you make sure that your kids are not going to get to the place of bitterness? Let, let me just encourage you guys. If you're going to parent your kids in a way that doesn't give them reasons to move into bitterness, the first step that you need to take is to make sure you're not still harboring any bitterness or resentment towards your parents and how they parented you. It's simply just not possible to parent your kids in a way that doesn't give them a lot of reasons for resentment and bitterness if you're parenting out of a heart that still has residual bitterness and resentment against your parents. Some of you guys listening have some bitterness against your dads. Some of you have some some hard feelings still about how your parents parented you. And I just want to encourage you, please take a step of confessing your own bitterness and resentment to the Lord. Ask Him to forgive you and to enable you to, to parent from a heart that's no longer resentful and bitter. God's grace can do that in you. And the first step for you is, if, if you're dealing with that from your past, is to, is to make those steps of, of confession and repentance in those areas of your heart. When you're, when you're moving in that direction, when you've got the big rock moving in that direction, then you can keep it moving in the right direction. If you just make sure you're eliminating from your lives some of the primary reasons why kids get bitter towards their parents. You know, there's three of them I'd like to mention to you. Three primary reasons kids find reasons to become bitter towards dad and towards mom. Number one is a lack of integrity. If you're telling your kids to be something that you're not demonstrating that you're seeking to become, it's a lack of integrity. If you want your kids to follow Christ, if you want your kids to live lives of worship, if you want your kids to read your, their Bibles, if you want your kids to become people of prayer, if you want kids to follow Christ wherever He calls you, you've got to make sure that you are doing in your own life what you're asking them to do. Integrity. If you make promises with your words to your kids, keep the promises. Don't, don't 
let yourself drift into a place of saying things and then never following up on what you said. Integrity. Integrity. The second thing that I think you've got to eliminate from your life is you've got to eliminate from your life a lack of engaged time with your kids. Your kids need your engagement. And they need the time that you're giving them to be time that you are so fully engaged that you are totally caught up in what interests their heart, what's on their mind, what they'd like to experience. You're going at their speed and their pace. You're being drawn into what is their world. And you're engaging fully with the time you're giving them. Another thing you need to eliminate um, from your, your life as a dad that will keep your kids from having reasons to become bitter is a lack of discipline and instruction in the Lord. You need to season your parenting with discipline and instruction from the Lord. You need to be pouring into your kids the things of the Lord. You need to be growing in your own relationship with the Lord so you can pour out instruction about the Lord into your family. A lack of discipline and instruction in the Lord creates an environment where bitterness can thrive because when you're not giving your kids what matters most, they can see so many of the things that don't matter as much that you're not getting right periodically along the way and it can overshadow so much and become reasons for bitterness but if you'll major on making sure that the instruction of the Lord's coming out of your life into theirs as you are not maybe hitting it on all the other things in your in your life in all the ways you want to at any given moment when you're giving them the instruction of the Lord they have the capacity through that instruction to be forgiving to be gracious Listen, guys, we want to we parent our kids in such a way that we take the lead in creating an environment in the home where they can flourish spiritually. If you're parenting, guys, in a way that is harsh, is out of anger, and, and to be quite honest here, when you're cooped up in the house for weeks, you're working from home and you're dealing with the stresses of maybe not having a job or uncertainty of whether or not you'll have a job and, and, you, and you're dealing in a different environment, man, there are a lot of those pressures can create impatience and anger and harshness. And I just want to tell you guys, do not parent your kids out of anger. Don't drive them to reasons to be bitter. I want to encourage you men to parent in the right way. Take the lead. Get the rock moving in the right direction. Make every effort to do family like God prescribes. You, you know when you go into the kitchen and you want to make a special dessert, you've got to do it in a certain order. If you're going to make Rice Krispie treats, you, you want to melt the marshmallows and the butter together first before you put the Rice Krispies in because... That's the order of things. If you do it a different way, it just doesn't work out the, way, the best way possible. If you want to make some chocolate chip cookies, then you, you want to mix all the dry ingredients together except for brown sugar. You want to put that in with the liquid ingredients. You want to get the liquid ingredients mixed up, and then you want to slowly add the dry ingredients into the liquid ingredients. There's an order of things. If you want your chocolate chip cookies to turn out the best way possible, that's the way you do it. If you want to make a white chocolate fudge cake, now that's one of our family's favorites. I'm hoping by mentioning it in this sermon, it might actually happen in our our home but but white chocolate fudge cake if you want to do that there's an order to that you got to put it in the fridge at the right time you got to get it out and do the icing at the right time there's an order to it if you want to turn out the best way possible if you want your family to be the best it can be there's an order to it you want to do it God's way 
I, I recognize that all of us are falling short in being the husband we want to be, the wife we want to be, the parents we want to be, the kids we want to be. We're falling short. And so I want to point out the most important ingredient to making the family what it's supposed to be. It's called the grace of God. You know, dads, I know you're falling short. I'm falling short. I want to get better. I want to do better. And I'm trusting the grace of God to help me get moving in the right direction and keep moving in the right direction. You know, wives and moms out there, I know you want to keep moving in the right direction. The grace of God can, can be the key ingredient to bring something out of where we need help that is the best possible product. We need the grace of God. I, I want to tell you, if you're, if you're not married and, and you don't have kids and you're listening to this sermon, I want you to know the principles here apply. You, your life in the church family is incredibly important. You come from a family of origin where all of these things were in place. And, and I want you to be learning from your experiences in your family of origin so you bring out these principles in the church family. If you're a single mom, hey, these principles apply to you. And, and though you're missing this primary ingredient of an engaged godly husband and dad, I want to tell you where you're missing Missing that ingredient, God's grace will come along and still make something amazing if you'll trust Him, following the best you can. I mean, just take, take Timothy in the Bible as an example. Timothy didn't have a, an engaged dad, given time, demonstrating integrity, pouring in the instruction of the Lord. Timothy was uh, a follower of the Lord because of his mom and his grandmother pouring into him the word of God. And so he oriented his life to a heavenly father. And then Paul came into his life and became a huge influence in his life. And so single moms, I want to tell you, you can trust the Lord to bring in the ingredients of his grace and to bring something amazing out of your family. God is for your family. And he wants us to order our families the way he's described it so that we're the best possible family we can be for the sake of the church and the glory of Christ in our community. I hope you'll take some time to step into your kitchen this week and mix up a wonderful dessert. I hope when you step into the kitchen, you look around the kitchen and you realize, hey, I want to make an amazing dessert. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to put away some things that are out on the counter and, and create a nice space to make that dessert. And I'm going, to, I'm going to put on the counter the things I need to make this meal or this dessert. So I want you to think about as a, as a, as a mom, as a wife, as a husband, as a dad, as a kid in the home. I want you to think about what you need to put away from your life. Colossians chapter 3 verse 8, maybe you need to put away anger. Maybe you want to put away impatience. Maybe you want to put away a lack of compassion. Whatever it is in the last week that has not been the order of things, you need to put it away. And then what do you need to put on? You need to put on kindness, Colossians 3.12. You need to put on compassion, gentleness, patience. What do you need to put on, wives? What do you need to put on, husbands? What do you need to do to demonstrate that you're moving in the right direction? You want to keep moving in the right direction. You know, sometimes when you remember and realize what I need to put off, put away, and what I need to put on, it brings to the surface something that really requires an apology. 
Sometimes the best way to get the big rock of the family moving is just to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being impatient. I'm sorry for displaying anger. I'm sorry for being harsh. And I want to move in a better direction. Just to say what you want to do. Just say it. I want to encourage you to get that big rock moving. One of the most difficult ways possible is just an apology. It's hard to apologize. But man, that can get the rock moving. And once you begin to say, I want to get moving in the right direction, here's what I'd like to do. Just ask some simple questions. Here's some ideas of some questions you can ask. Ladies, you can ask your husband, what can I do this week to support you? Guys, you can ask your wives, what can I do this week that would help you flourish? Parents, you can sit down with your kids and say, hey, what can we do this week to help you obey us and obey the Lord? Kids, you can ask your parents, what can... What can we do this week to demonstrate we're thankful for your parenting over us? There are questions like that in the resource guide. Then there are a whole lot of other resources in the Ready, Set, Go workbook. You'll find it at fbg.church. We we want you to, to plug into those resources and apply those to your life, to ask those questions, to get some feedback. Because if you get feedback... Here's what's going to happen. If you get feedback, you're going to figure out how to keep things moving. You keep things moving, man, things are going to be happening in your family. Get feedback. When you get feedback, also give encouragement. When you see somebody trying, tell them how much you appreciate it. Affirm what you see in them. Kids, tell your parents how grateful for you that you are for their growth in Christ. Parents, tell your kids how you see them trying to obey. One of the worst things you can do is because of someone's past failures fail to encourage their current effort to move in the right direction see we affirm God's grace in a person's life when we say I see you trying and I know you may have not done all that you want to do in the past but I know God's grace added to this can get us all moving in the right direction you ever been driving up into the mountains around those kind of switchback roads inevitably you're going to see signs that show this is a dangerous area where a rock slide could occur Inevitably, along some of those winding roads, one rock will become dislodged and begin rolling down the hill. And then it'll, it'll catch another rock and another rock will be rolling. And the next thing you know, you've got this massive rock slide that covers the road and blocks it for hours, sometimes even days. Massive boulders coming down the hill. What we're talking about is the big rock of the family. Get it moving and keeping it moving. If I get my family moving and keep my family moving in the right direction, it'll encourage your family to get moving and keep moving in the right direction. If you get your family moving and keep them moving in the right direction, it'll encourage me to get my family moving and keep moving in the right direction. If we all get to moving together, we become this amazing just rock slide of family momentum covering the road of brokenness that the enemy travels in and out our community. When families are flourishing, the brokenness, the road of brokenness into our community is blocked and avenues of the grace of God are busted wide open. So what are you going to do this week? Put away, put on, get moving in the right direction and help somebody else do the same.